Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 25 of Beer Not The Shit, the podcast, quarantine edition adjunct series. This evening, we're doing something a little different. So as you guys know, we are a craft beer podcast, but sometimes it is fun to talk about other things. We have had a, uh, a cider maker on from Vermont before a couple years back. We've had a winery on from uh, Niagara also in like 2017. And this evening, we're dabbling in a whole new world that we know jack shit about. I'm very excited to learn about it. So this evening, we have Justin McKellar from Equals Brewing in London, Ontario, and also <laughs> the home of Bangarang Hard Seltzer. Justin, how you doing, my man? Not bad. Great. How's Thank- it going? Fantastic, man. Thank you for coming by and hanging out. Appreciate you, dude. Yeah. I-, I actually forgot to ask it's you. Weird. Your- it really is. It's, uh, it's a bit weird, you know, sitting in the basement, uh, <laughs> You know, talking uh, talking over Skype, but right. you know, it's eight months of this so far, and <laughs> only got to get through it. We'll get through it. We will. We're just gonna keep pushing. I haven't, and been, out, I haven't been outside in eight months <laughs> at all. You're looking yeah. pretty good for it. You know, you're shaving at least, right? Keep it clean. Yeah, I shaved this morning. Already one of those. I like that. I respect it. Yeah. Um, what was your uh, title? I actually forgot to ask you before. What was your title at? Um, are you the co-founder? Founder. Yeah, so, you know, I started out, so I started from the beginning, so Justin McKellar, general manager, brewmaster for Google's Brewing Company, so, you know, contract contract partner, brewing company, you know, we launched in 2018, uh, you know, grew pretty quick, and uh, yeah, come the summer, we launched Bangarang. Amazing. uh, So it's brand new, eh? We launched the Hard Seltzer. Uh, It was, you know, a long journey to get there, and uh, really, you know, as a contract brewery, we, you know, it was really the week before the kids' spring break, right? So we're sitting there, NBA shuts down, and it was immediately, like, very clear that we had to do something for COVID, and it's like, it's coming. And as a contract brewer, as soon as COVID hit, everything became uncertain, so all of the people who needed our help making their production, they just said, whoa. Like, like let's, let's uh, I, I, I can't, can't book any rooms because bars aren't open. We don't, we don't know if retail's going to close. Is LCBO going to close? So we were looking at a, a, an, like, like empty, empty, empty summer, summer potentially. And we had developed uh, a neutral base recipe, recipe and this, these great, great seltzers. seltzers. Um, so you, know, you were working on that before? Yeah, you know, with, with the intent to like help other people. Make, make it right. right. So, so uh, we invested in technology, technology to do that. Um, we also, you know, we invested, invested in technology to make non alcoholic beer. And then COVID hit, and we said, "Let's we're a list of price." We, you know, built out a sales staff, a sales team to go out and get this product uh, out into the market, and uh, things have been going really well. And the most amazing thing about the whole development process was, you know, we're happy, really happy with the taste. Uh, and people are liking it. So right. we think we can continue to get better on the taste because it's so early on in our development process. But um, the, the flavors that we put out into the market is has been going over really well. And, you know, hats off to the brewer, uh, my my main uh, head brewer, uh, Pratt uh, Nanny Wedekar, lead brewer. He, so he's coming out of Niagara. He's got a great a great palate, right? Like I've got an okay palate, but he's got a great palate. He's 
really into food, really into taste, loves different taste berries. Uh, you know, he's got the certified beer judge. Uh, so he's a really good taster. Right, right. And uh, just a good, you know, guy to tweak around with flavors. So said, hey, we've got to go develop some, some flavors for this hard, hard seltzer. So he really, uh, you know, helped get us to that final recipe. And then, uh, yeah, we uh, <clears throat> launched them in... Things were going really well, and then retail them back up, and <laughs> the brewery filled back up as well. So right. it was a it's a crazy summer. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, so a little bit about the quick launch of Bangarang, but uh, there's lots more to kind of dive yes. in, into it. That's like a nice too, so. high level for now. So you you don't know much about Seltzer, sorry. I know little to no nothing about these these glorious things for people just to see what uh what we're looking at here look at that oh that's glorious so um it, uh, that's the mango that looks like uh, that might be the, the heart print uh can too uh no this is a um it's got a wrap. yeah okay yeah i know yeah, how uh, yeah, we did the first run with uh with uh, the guys over at heart uh, nice you know, really good really good cans a little bit more expensive than the sleeves but uh but yeah. nice uh was this the big, second run or the first run um, like this is was the date on it? Ninth of July. Could go either way. Even the third one. Oh, okay. So it's a new one. So you moved from the hot print to the wraps. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to? Maybe we'll bust this open so we That's can true. go through the flavors because this has been my first time. I've never. I've had. I was telling you before, uh, off air that I've sipped from my friends in Vermont, but maybe. I've never uh, consumed the full one of these. So I'm like. I can see, like, everyone's drinking. I just want to see what it looks like. Okay. Like, actual clear sparkling water. I really I, I really get the attraction. At first, I was like, why do people want this? I guess because I'm such a beer nerd. Like, I was just like, I didn't really yeah. get it. But I realized over the pandemic that I'm fat now. And uh, I love that this is low calorie. Like, I have yeah. cookies that have more calories in this damn thing. Um, you know, 140 calories, no sugar. Sorry, one gram of sugar. Like everything is mad low on this. It's uh, glorious. So it smells it's like, like alkaline water, right? It's, yeah. I guess it smells like this is the mango for in case I missed it. Yep. Definitely smells like mango. Is it real mango or anything, or is it like a natural flavor type of thing? Because it's, so it's probably, natural flavor. If you put mango yeah. in it, it'll probably ramp up the calories, right? Uh, if, yeah, and and color and cloudiness. You'd add. It would just really change change the drink totally. Nice. So I yeah. love, like, I got a we got soda stream. I rock that every day. This is uh, fantastic. Cheers, well, cheers, guys. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Um, little, uh, little slice of mango or like cube mango in the glass. glass. Ooh, that's a cool idea. Mm -hmm. This is fantastic. I see. Okay, I see what. Well, but actually, you know, it's good. good. We have the frozen mango that you go into the. Uh, you might put in the mango. Throw a couple of those in. Yo, that's and then at the end of it, it's kind of like biting the tequila one. We're not yeah, yeah. That, but, that's great. That's really smart. I just created that cocktail, so that's good. It's uh, <laughs> copyright now. Dude, this is great. This is really good. So, like it? Yeah, no, I 100% like it. This is going on untapped. What do you think on the taste? So, on the taste, it's got like mm -hmm. a nice, the sharp carbonation, kind of like a San Pellegrino water. That mm -hmm. I, I like that rather than the big fatter bubbles that are in um, like the Nestle, the cheaper stuff. So, it yeah. tastes refined and, and expensive, for lack of a better word. Like, it's, it's better done. The flavor, natural flavor, or the artificial flavoring can always go either way. Sometimes yeah. it's great, sometimes it's hot garbage. This complements the the beverage. It's totally 
it's bright um, and fruity. There's no lingering stickiness, being that mm-hmm. there's hardly any sugar in here. Super dry on the palate, so it makes you it's refreshing, makes you want to continue to drink more. Um, it tastes kind of like it smells as well. Like it's kind of it almost tastes like it smells like the, the flesh of the mango or something. There's something fleshy about it. <clears throat> Some of the mango flavorings, you definitely get like a more of the rind, right? Like it's it's yeah, just right. yeah, yeah. Uh, versus that that freshness, and I and I agree totally with that. But it's still quite bright, which is mm-hmm. probably going to be difficult to achieve on a um, on you know on such a lower keeping it low ABV and also working with flavors. So like it's good, man. Like I I can understand why people why these are so popular, and I can see why you could sit on these all day because it's not, um, the, even like you could say with session IPAs, it's still the sugar in them. It's still sweeter. And like, could you really sit there and drink six of those all day? Maybe some people could, I don't, I don't drink like that. I like to change it up, but I can see you have, you know, and this is cool because you got the mixer pack, which has got 12 cans of the three different flavors, which is dope. So you can switch them up and back and forth and you could easily drink these all day. Um, yeah, I like it. That's good. Yeah. No, that was a that was a pretty great explanation. <laughs> You've been it's, doing this for a while, I think. Eh? It's been since 2011. So I've you know I don't, I don't, I'm not like you're a brewer. I don't know anything in the in the true sense of the word, but you know, figured it out over time and speaking to intelligent people like you, I get to sit down with smart people who know so much more than me and ask questions. So try to sponge yeah. it up, you know. Sure. But um, this is fantastic. So now we're drinking this. Let's pull it back a little bit, and then we'll come back to the present. So. Tell us how you personally got into beer and then sort of your beer journey, um, <coughs> where you've sort of worked throughout the years. We, we touched on that off air and then we'll get into how Equal started and, and come back to the Celsius. Cool. Yeah, so, I mean, I grew up in a small town in Ontario, um, you know, got into uh, undergrad university. I did biochemistry and went off. I had a couple of co-op terms, one uh, two co-op terms at Molson where I worked in a lab and I was just in this massive brewery and I love beer. And I was like, how do I, how do, how can this be my job? <laughs> See, Homer Simpson touring the Duff factory and like Wayne's world and all the, like, like I want to work in a brewery. I want, I love beer. And then for me, I, coming from a small town in Ontario, beer was Molson Canadian because all my friends drank blue. And if I drank Canadian, then my beer would be there when, I went back yeah. in the following week. <laughs> I like that. Part. I like that. I've done that with other things, but that's yeah. not. That's always the move. But for me, you start getting exposed to different types of beer. It was first, it was, you know, Guinness and Murphy's because my mom was born in Ireland. And then, you know, slowly into the, you know, just different uh, European beers. And you're like, oh, there's lots of different beers. And, you know, it's like, I want to be in the brewing industry. How do I do it? And I was told the Harriet Watt was the, was the way to go. And so I went, did a master's of brewing at Harriet Watt and actually with, you know, seven, I expected to go to Harriet Watt and go to school with a bunch of people from Scotland and, you know, Europe. And there was seven dudes from Ontario. Where, where was this? Where's the school? In, so this school, it's the, it's Harriet Watt University in Edinburgh. Oh, in Scotland. Okay. In Scotland. So it is uh, the International Center for Brewing and Distilling and it's a you know, well-renowned brewing school. Um, now they're taking an insane number of students. When I went, I thought it was too many when there was 25, and now I hear there's like 100 in the course. So it's, I don't know if the quality is as is continued to be as good. Um, when we were there, it was okay. Like it, was, it could have been better. It could have been more hands-on stuff. But it was, a, it was an amazing experience. 
Um, so the, the guys I went to, to school with there that year, it was like, yeah, Rob Doyle, who's a you know, an college professor, McKinnon from McKinnon Brothers, Dan McKinnon, a few other guys who are, you know, all throughout the Ontario craft scene, John McGassick, Ed Brewer at, uh, uh, he's um, down Silversmith Brewery. In, uh, oh, yeah, in I had him on the podcast. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, he's, uh, the Black Lager was, was an, an amazing beer. Killer. Um, yeah, and uh, so, yeah, we uh, we know that one well. And then the, what else we got? Alex Nichols, you know, he was former, one of the founders of Allura Brewing. And then now he's over with uh, uh, Cowbell, I think, running the running the show over there okay. uh, on the operation side. Uh, so it was an amazing group of guys that we got to, like, be in Scotland with and continue to experience beer, right? Whether it's, you know, tenants lager or you're, you're you know, down in Witherspoons pulling real ale pints for, for, a, for an entire session or these sweet little pubs all around Edinburgh. Right. Uh, so, like, over that time, you know, you just get exposed to a ton of different beer and all different flavors. And, you know, the real ale was, was just amazing. And then, you know, we continued on. Uh, like we, some of us worked at the at whiskey to oh, sorry, it's going to die here. Two of us worked at uh, whiskey society around like single malt drams. We like all this amazing love and taste for whiskey as well. Kind of drooling on, but the, the uh, all the guys from Ontario, all the beer in Scotland ended up coming back. I got a job with Labatt. Right. And so I was a trainee with Labatt and kind of moved across the country. And it was an amazing experience. The boys, they, they you know, ripped me pretty hard. They're, my no nickname problem. was Juice because I told them, I just don't care what you call me, just don't call me Juice. <laughs> they call me Juice for the year. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, and then when I got on with Labatt, it was corporate Juice for the last like four months because I got a job and then we, I finished finished the year, and so so that was the joke. And I had a great career with that, and uh, learned a ton about people. Learned a ton about myself. Got to see the country and meet awesome people in different parts of the country. We were in Creston, BC, for a year at the Columbia Brewery there, making the Kokanee and living in a small town interior of BC, which was an amazing experience. St. John's, Newfoundland, was there for nine months. Um, you know, working in the brewing department there and small. Relatively small brewery, like 125. I don't know if I can say how much volume, but like right. you know, under a million. Right. Uh, but it's it's out on the rock, and it's just a cool cool place. And then Edmonton for four years, and then back to London. Kind of moved around in different roles in the brewing department, getting to know the processes really well and the people. And then all along the way, it's the beer is 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 present. It, it, the beer is there, and it right. you know. For that early time at Labatt, it was it, the beer was you know falling in love with fifty again, and seeing seeing how much we can like tweak the fifty recipe. Can we can we up the hops a little bit? And, oh hey, we did an all malt uh, uh, you know fifty brew, and like it, it, there's a, a real affinity for that for Labatt fifty for for anyone who's worked at Labatt, and I think a lot of the people as well appreciate that uh, that beer and that cream ale. So, award-winning for a reason because it's just classic if you get the the ester if you get the, the the fresh 50 with the nice ester you can it's a it's a it's a great uh drinking beer it's it, when we did the old way on the podcast 
we had a que- had a lightning round, but we had a question that was, "What's your guilty pleasure beer?" And the number one across the board was always the Yeah, yeah. my fault. So it was amazing, and then, you know the Budweiser, right? Like you know, right when I started, it was the uh, there was the merger, and that uh, that merger really I think changed changed the bat for the better because it, it and changed me for the better too from a brewing standpoint because the amount of focus on quality that uh, like the Budweiser tradition has is like it's military. It is. Right. It's fantastic, right? And the affinity for, you know, tradition and not changing things and like, yeah, it, it, it is very, very impressive, like, pedigree in terms of quality and processes. Yes, the big scale, yes, there, you know, there's a lot of, you know, business practices and things that may not make you love that, uh, love the big company, but. Um, the, the quality and focus was something that I, um, what I really took from that and, you know, then getting exposed to different, you know, like uh, Goose Island, right? Like, and when that acquisition happened, it was like, fantastic. It's a uh, nice to have a, a, uh, an IPA that, uh, isn't Alexander Keats. <laughs> like actually a real idea. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I remember, yeah, it's, it's a funny one, the IPA. It's a whole other story, I, I remember. Yeah, I think that's a whole other story. Well, it was a different podcast. <laughs> but anyways, I also loved, uh, got in, uh, a love of beer, was at Labatt's for, uh, you know, a long time and then had the opportunity to uh, come over and start this uh, contract brewing operation. So, okay. you know, I got, I got, uh, you know, connect with this, uh, one of the partners and they kind of explain what they were looking to do. They're like, yeah, you know, we're, um, you know, entrepreneurs, we have some friends in the industry and they're telling us all these problems and we think that we can really, you know, help, right? Like it sounds like if we, you know, put some people in place that know what they're doing, they can actually solve some problems for the industry and, um, and it might be a business opportunity for us that we want to look at. And I'm like, well, okay, yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. Uh, because I love brewing and I love uh, building teams, and I think that there's a huge opportunity there. And uh, so we went and we um, started building Equals, uh, and you know that was in the beginning of 2018. Okay. Um, so it was you know reach out, uh, you know work with a you know a team of engineers and you know the business partners and and start finding good people that we want to build uh, this company with and. Really, from the beginning, it was quality and consistency, quality and consistency, quality and consistency. This is what our, you know, the people need. This is what is going to set us apart. And we quickly, well, the one thing that I, you know, was adamant of adding was customer service, right? So, like, it's not transactional. It's not pick your beer up at the door. This is, like, this is our beer, too. And we're doing it for you, but... It's, we, we want to treat it like it's our beer hmm. and our, our product and our seltzer, our cider, non-alcoholic beer. So over the course of the last two years, we've um, built out our facilities. We have a 35 hectare brew house. We have a ton of fermenting capacity. You know, we've got a um, centrifuge filtration, sterile filtration, um, you know, keg line. We've got a Crohn scan line. So we just do, you know, 355 ml and 473 ml cans. 
you know, really a place where people can come and we can help them with making beer. Um, and that's how we started. And now we make other things as well, like ciders and uh, non-alcoholic beers and, uh, and seltzers. Right. So, so that's kind of a little bit of the arc um, of a lot of detail, but uh, at the beginning, but kind of got a little sparse at the end because I feel like I've been talking for way too long. That's okay. <laughs> so, that's okay. So what, like, what, yeah. So you have, have you ever tried White Claw? Not in more than maybe a sip. And I don't even remember, like, I feel like my good friend Rob in Vermont, so we where Montreal situated, it's 45 minutes from the border. We, before all this stuff, we were going pretty regularly. So I go yeah. see him and he drinks a lot of everything because they're so spoiled with all the fire beer that he gets bored and then starts to delve into the, the booze and the, the other stuff. So because it's taken off over there, he had Truly and he had, I swear he gave us White Claw one time. Do you, do you remember? Yeah. 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 So he preferred Truly over White Claw. I heard other people say that. But he'd come and he'd give me just like a, a little bit in a glass or just a tiny bit because I'm like, oh, we got beer to drink tonight, bro. Like, cool, I'll try it, but I'm not that interested. So I remember yep. being like pleasantly surprised in that, oh, it's like flavored sparkling water essentially, and you absolutely yep. cannot taste the booze, which is the best part for me personally. I don't like I don't like it when you can taste the, the liquor too much. So that's, yeah, I think that's, that's my uh, limited That's the important part, right? And that's the thing that from the beginning, when we were doing our first trials in the development of this, it was like Oh, I can't taste the booze. Like, yeah. like the out. Al- you can, like when you compare it to a vodka soda, right? Yeah, Which is exactly. really big. Great comparison. And, or like a gin, gin and soda, or some sort of like white liquor and a soda that you have to kind of put a lime in it, or you can taste it. That's, and even then, you still. That's it, right? And like even the pre-mixed vodka sodas, right? So the the Ontario market, like RTDs. So like what what led us here to the RTD? Uh, and to the, sorry, to, to Bangarang was us looking at what's happened down in, in, in states saying, you know, there's been an incredible, like, Ontario alone has been like 42%, something like a 400%, it's a really high amount of seltzer growth. And what it's doing is it's eating beer's lunch down there, right? Like if the beer drinkers are moving over to seltzer. Right. The college frat guys who used to crush you know, like at 24 or Bud Light or whatever, are now jumping over and drinking White Claw, or they're at least substituting it in. Hmm. And the guys, the people who are drinking a, a craft beer are likely to do the same. Um, so it was like, well, this is what they're doing. So we were getting ready to be able to just produce it here. For the client, um, specifically. So we invested in the technology hmm. to, to make a, a really good base alcohol, because Really, so you know the difference? So like, no, I was going to ask. I don't know, Jack, can you explain? Yeah, like how it's made, what, what it's got. I mean, not super tech, but like just a high level, like what's in it yeah. in comparison to beer or cider or something like that. I'd love, I'd so love Bangarang, that. so we, we're um, like you'll see flavored alcoholic beverage or alcoholic malt beverage. Yes. Is, is what, what, we have, what, what we have to call it. We, we call it a, it's a hard seltzer, but it, it has a malt base. What you might, might say, oh, so it's malt-based alcohol. So... What we do is we have, instead of distilling, which, you know, you f- take corn or wheat or whatever the cheap sugar is at the time, you know, convert all the sugar, uh, convert all the starch to sugar 
ferment that out, then you have your base, and then you go and distill it to get your alcohol, and you get like 95% ethanol, and then you use that and bring it to inject back in water with flavoring, gotcha. right? And that's why it's such a like straight cut of alcohol. It's like that's your flavor band, and that's what hits your mouth. Like right. that gives you that like this is the burn. What do you want to call it? Alcoholic burn or that hotness yeah. at the back of your throat? Um, it's that, uh, it's, it's the alcohol. Now our method uh, is sim- really more similar to what, you know, what white claw and truly would do down in the U S and it's a, it's a fermented base. So we, we take, you know, malt extract sugar and we ferment that out. And then we purify that, mm-hmm. uh, alcohol after uh, fermentation. So the alcohol gets pulled out, um, you know, through a, through a you know, proprietary method. <laughs> right. It's not a proprietary if you just go on the internet right. and, and read a little bit. <laughs> but, it's, uh, but, but, you know, managing the fermentation, managing the yeast, managing that process of how to, uh, you know, how to really make the base what you need to. And then you kind of work the ma- magic down downstream from that to, to really get it to a level that's not that pure alcohol. It's got a little bit of other flavors in there, but the little bit of other flavors, um, which you could maybe call wine-like flavors, are um, kind of take away that hotness, Hmm. right? So there's, it's not Hmm. entirely um, like straight, but it's not dirty, right? Like it's, Yeah. So, anyways, it gives you a not a really great way to the marketing team will be like, "Did you just say not dirty?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the beer people understand. The beer people know what you do. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, be like, "Oh my god, yeah. he's <laughs> blowing it. He's gonna kill you." Yeah. yeah. No. So, um, where was I talking about the? So yeah. yeah so how so you make that it? fermentation? Right. That okay. that that fermentation. And then purification step gives us a different base to go off of. May I and ask then quick, flavor. Is that similar? When I used to homebrew and you bought the, the, the brewer's best, whatever it was called, packs, they came with the LME, like the liquid malt extract. So I mm-hmm. imagine it's the same thing as that, where it's like instead of actually using grain, like when you get yeah. all grain, it's just the liquid malt and then but a shit ton of that with some sugar and then you purify that bad boy out. Yeah. Yeah, you can do it a bunch of different ways. You can use grain if you want to. Okay. Uh, because yeah, like grain can be, you know, from a a sugar source standpoint, it can be it can be cheaper. It's just okay. you know, if you're just looking for sugar, if you're just looking for the alcohol. The other thing too is like it's a you know it's not an easy, it's not a real healthy fermentation for yeast, right? So you got different yeasts that, that get used that um, you know might be better off in those situations. Okay, so so why did you choose um, liquid over like grain? Why would you choose liquid over grain? For, just, for this product, for this product, um, for ease of use. Oh, I can't disclose any of the ingredients. No, no, that's okay. I don't says we're on it actually. No, I'm not okay. extract um, right. because when you're pouring it in, it, it, it you just aren't using as much um, okay. as it's probably more cost effective like, as well. It's like so. Yeah. It's it's cool. just a makes sense. Little easier to use. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we get there. Um, that's the the main sort of the base of it, and then essentially you're left with like a, a, a what kind of 
substance that then you can flavor? Yeah. Is it well, well, so you have, you've, uh, then you have your base, right? And then from the base, then you um, add flavoring, right? So um, I don't know. Was I telling you about uh, Pratt, the guy who was developing the flavors? Did I tell you about that? But was that before? Or you were, that was before. That? I was off camera. So like, yeah, you can totally talk to you about that because the flavoring, I guess, has got to be the hardest part, right? To, to make it taste not Oh, for sure, right? Like you, there's, there's so many different things you can do. And, you know, like we're, we're not the, you know, the first, the first people doing this. There's, I think there's 3,000 new seltzer skews in the U.S. So the market, the market has grown like insane. So yeah, they got like 8,000 craft breweries in the States, but 3,000 SKUs is wild to me. How, what's the market like here? I know we're going to go into the flavor and we keep jumping, but I'm just, oh, it's good. Um, what, what's it like here? So, I mean, the market in Ontario is um, really a vodka soda market when it comes to this type of drink. Okay. Right. So it's hard to compare the two, but if I were to say um, the vodka soda stuff, so like Cottage Springs, White Claw, which is, uh, you know, it's sold in the LCBO, so um, it's a grain neutral spirit and, and vodka, you must assume, uh, because it's in the LCBO. Because the LCBO won't sell a product like ours because or they don't prefer uh, to take malt-based coolers because like they a fall in a different tax uh, structure. That is I, a, I mean, that there's, you know, potentially there's other reasons for it, but what it would appear is that, you know, they don't want to take something that they get less margin for because they make a, more margin on the vodka-based coolers, and that, you know, is yeah. gaining like 42% a year. So why would we want to, you know, take a malt-based cooler when we can take a vodka-based cooler and the mm -hmm. same shelf space is going to return that much more. Do you reckon that they will change that stance as it gets more popular and there's actual money to be made? Yeah, I, I really think uh, we're, it, it's like Ontario Craft Brewers really has to drive that. Like a lobbying body for, for craft, I think, would be, wow. you know, the main way that that changes. I don't think... The macro lobbying body could could influence it, mm. uh, but pot potentially. I mean, it's a it's a ton of it's an insane amount of revenue. Like yeah. the the LCBO puts like it's the biggest liquor retailer on, on the planet. On the planet, yeah. and it's uh, wow. And they're great people there. They just do like this is they're just managing it like a business. If it was your business, what would you do? You know, is it. is it? And, and so you know, would the question is, would we do a spirits based product? So it's more said, the, ah, okay. So, right, would we, would, you know, so what I said is if I put, if I put a small amount of spirits in here, It'll and just, I put a lot, just a small, then it can go over, go over there. And would I do that? And yeah, we would like, cause I, I think that we could do it and maintain the integrity of the product and have the product be as similar enough for the customer. Yeah. Would it still be called a hard seltzer at that point? Yeah, the seltzer is just a word, you know, it's a, it's a word that it's not the, it's what's, what's, what the, what the government cares about is like beer, alcoholic malt beverage, you know, it has to have the required labeling at the bottom, okay. but seltzer or soda or any of those isn't a regulated descriptor so or uh, drinks, it doesn't matter. Uh, okay. When I first, first moved to, lived in Canada in 2004, I worked at the beer store and I did not understand how it all worked. And they, at the time, I'm not sure if it's changed, hence this 
what I'm saying is that they said that the beer store can only sell malt-based products only. That right. is, I don't know. Is that is that changed or is that still the same? No, that's the same, and that's yeah, that's why that's we why. That's why we're gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Okay, because that's when I saw yeah. this. I, the, the first <clears throat> thing was this alcoholic malt beverage. The first thing, even 15, 16 years later, was like, oh, this is the beer store product then. But I know at the right. time also LCBO wasn't really focused on beer to the same, you know, particularly craft beer to the same uh, degree because the industry probably wasn't worth it. But I would imagine, like, as you're saying, even if they are making less margin, I wonder if, like, you could, you're smart enough that you're like, all right, I get it. If I have the spirits in here, it'll get around that. It becomes okay for them. Then the tax works and boom, I'm in the LCBO. And it probably doesn't right. change too, too much for your margin, I would imagine, or whatever. But the other side of it was maybe not everybody can or have the facility to do that. So therefore they're able to make seltzers and they can't change it to a spirit-based drink. I wonder if this, you know, over time, I'm sure it'll take a little bit of Canada's always a little bit behind, but I wonder if over the next year or two, as this grows in popularity and it gets steam and the LCBO essentially are missing out on the revenue stream, even if the margins aren't the same, it's still a revenue stream. Mm-hmm. I would imagine they might end up caving and being like, oh, whatever, or there's a lobbying body, maybe OCB gets involved, as you said. So I guess there's a bunch of yeah. possibilities with this, right? Yeah, I, I love your optimism on it. I, uh, I think it's great. I think, uh, you know, I, I'm going to send them that little snippet to, Please do. to the OCB and Scott <laughs> and say, like, hey, you know what? Like, I think there's a real opportunity for breweries that, that may have another option and be able to give their patrons something else like yes. that you know, just variety that's what it's about and you can do awesome things with it too right like i'm really excited to try um the guys down in st jacobs at block 13 or block three sorry block three block. they did they uh they did one too yeah so they did they did a seltzer really really excited to try i mean mm-hmm. the guys at real lab are doing the seltzer i don't know if you've had nick and adil on the show be a lab Beer lab? Oh, you got to talk. So, Adil, if, I know you probably hate getting recommendations. But no, I love them. Talk Tell guys. me. I'm always down for that. I don't know uh, everybody. Be it, where are they based? Uh, in London. Have you ever heard of Miloches in London? Yes, I've certainly heard of that place. Uh, okay, so Beer Lab is, like Nick and Adil used to work uh, you know, at Beer Lab, and you know they started a brewery right beside Miloches. Okay. And they are doing some amazing stuff. Interesting. Okay, yep. I'm not as familiar. I know Anderson's out there. I know you guys are out there. Off the mm-hmm. top of my head, like I can't even think of other breweries that are out there in London. Yeah, so you got uh, Storm State. They're doing some awesome things as well. You got uh, Powerhouse in London. Uh, yeah, a couple new breweries. You know, Curly Brewing, Small Guys, uh, and then uh, Dundas and Sons. Um, they get everybody. All the London shows, Toboggan Brewing. You know they're 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 downtown London. Right. Under uh, used to be a like a an, essentially a nightclub, a university nightclub, Jim Bob's, and then you know it's like okay. oh now it's a now it's a brew pub. I haven't been to London in a long time. We do music and I we, we toured out there twice. And it was mm-hmm. always wild. London crowds are always insane. So I yeah. like, but it was like I rock up, we do the show, then we finish at two three, and then you're out of there. So I never got to actually like hang out and sort of right, right. haven't been so back. So what, what were you playing? Like what were you? Uh, what were you doing? Traveling around? We do hip hop. We do hip hop music. That's why we moved to Canada. My brother and I. So he's in Toronto. I'm here in Montreal, and uh, the, we haven't toured for a while. Touring as an up and coming independent artist is kind of rough, but yeah. we got on a few bigger tours with other dudes at the time. Um, right. It's just not. It's not worth. It. I don't think it's the way to to grow. An audience in 
this day and age type of thing. But it was cool. It was good to get to see a bunch of those places, and we got to play shows to crowds that we normally wouldn't because we were on with, with other, other dudes. So London was always crazy. They were always they enjoyed us swearing too much, and they always bought a lot of merch. So I really uh, always enjoyed playing London and getting out there. And the bar we played is called the APK. It's here in oh, okay. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, it was the the Alex P. Keaton. Oh, that's what it stands for. Okay, I didn't know. That. <laughs> it was like a little house down on the like yeah, corner of on like a oh. just you can see the buildings and stuff. I feel like it's just yeah. on the outskirts of downtown. And they had that was some of the places I had. They had like Great Lakes on tap there and other great beers. So I remember drinking good. I was into beer at the time, but yeah, I, I was pre podcast, so I didn't uh, get to experience London for uh, for the whole glory of the, the beer scene at the time. But I only have like positive thoughts about London yeah. I know I've been trying to keep up on some of them so I didn't you know I guess most of the breweries I'm, I'm not familiar with some of them I am that you mentioned but mm. it's good to know that um, it's coming up out there yeah. um, and there's more people doing these things so as far as the Canadian market then it's it's essentially there's no like do we have White Claw and all the other big ones here or that's not really that's what I think so White Claw came in this year to you know, much fanfare. So when they dropped into the LCBO in March, like there was like the lineups around the corner, like the LCBO what? couldn't keep on the on the shelves. It was, wow. it was yeah, like it was like, uh, I, and, and I was just like, I was kind of crossing my fingers, being like, please don't let them just like come in and Dominate. sell a thousand hex a week, and then sure enough, boom, a thousand hex a week, like right off the right off the hop, uh, per per flavor, like <clears throat> wow. I think Pink Whitney was the only thing that was out selling them at the LCBO this summer. Okay. So like White Claw just came in like a, a wave and yeah, it did, it did awesome. And they, you know, it's a, I, I haven't drank it much this year cause I've been drinking bangerang all year. Oh, yeah. uh, so, uh, um, so White Claw's huge. Um, and then you have Cottage Springs. Uh, so with the iconic beverages guy, you've got, uh, you know, Blackfly, which is London based place uh see a lot of people making vodka sodas uh neutral obviously so labat bought neutral um last year so other pc uh one so so a lot of vodka sodas uh in the lcbo and then the seltzers the seltzers in the beer store it was it's really this year right when we when we launched we said we're gonna launch it right and we're gonna tell people about it because we think we've got a great product and we want to tell people about it. So um, it was the seltzer at the beer store. Like, so bangering the seltzer at the beer store. And we decided to launch the product. It was, I say, April 13th. And we said, we're going to be in market by June. We were, actually, it was in market by May long weekend. Right. And it was just like, <clears throat> you know, working with a, a friend here, a buddy who's at, who has an agency um, uh, to help, like, you know, let's, create a brand and a label and a brand as fast as we can. And the, the, the liquid development had already um, got to a certain point, but we had to finish that and decide what flavors we were going to finalize with because we had like 10. Um, so it was eight weeks and we were essentially in market. Um, and so was, we launched with the mango first and then uh, we brought the mix pack out after. But we decided, you know, beer store is our only option because we LCBO, you have to submit almost a year in advance. So the only, you know, channel we had was to go to the uh, TBS. So we went into TBS, which allows us to go into the uh, retail partners program. So the small corner store uh, convenience retail. Uh, so 
this is the one in Ontario. I don't know if you know. So this year, you know, Ford City was going to, you know, ex- expand convenience okay. outlets. Okay. But then ran into a bunch of hurdles with the, uh, what's called the MFA or the Master Framework Agreement, which really dictates where beer can get sold in Ontario okay. so between the LCO and TBS. And so they've slowly, through that MFA that ends in 2026, they're allowed to so do things like expand beer in grocery stores and also expand the number of convenience outlets. So okay. um, the convenience outlets are like small food lands or gas stations that want to sell beer. They can essentially sign up to be a retail partner with the LCBO, but that allows TBS to ship into them. Um, so there's more opportunity now in these LCOs. So, um, and we had a really interesting product. So we were able to get our product out in, into a lot of LCOs just by showing up and telling them about it. And, uh, and yeah, we were, things were going really well. Uh, and, I don't know. You want to try the blue rasp? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I'm going to go grab that. Um, yes, I was going to ask you because I'm going to go grab that and also going to run to the washroom. Um, so the other thing, the flavor, we, we sort of diverted from the flavor. So while I go fetch that, do you want to talk mm-hmm. a bit more about the flavor um, uh, that your head brewer was doing and how we sort of figured out the flavors? Like you got to 10. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, keep going. Shout out. To, uh, it's always funny. Hey, having to uh, repeat repeat the same uh, the same conversation because you're like oh did we have that while we were on screen so anyways no the so the flavor development was really with uh, in, in the hands of our head brewer which was you know Pratt at the time uh, and Pratt he's a beauty he's a Niagara College grad he's got his you know beer judge certificate um, so really great taster a great person a great brewer and. He, you know, he's great into food. Um, so we had the base developed, and that was a matter of, you know, finding all the natural flavors you know, through the, you know, 150 or 200 or 300 different possibilities. What were we going to come down to in terms of flavors? So, you know, we built up these tastings, and we had, you know, all the all the staff and the brewery come through and rate them, and then you know you do it again. And then you finalize the recipe based on what, which ones you think is good. And you think they're good. They taste pretty good. The people that you give them to, even when they're tasting them flat, seems like, hey, that's pretty good. Um, and, you know, going up through with Labatt, it was, you know, I've tasted quite a bit of beer. I'm not a great taster, but I've tasted a lot in my uh, mm-hmm. past. I was, I was, you know, I worked at the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society when I lived in Edinburgh and it was, you know, a great experience, but it required a lot of whiskey tastings and like actually talking about whiskey tastings. I'm not a, a huge, uh, a huge fan of like going out and giving those, those whiskey tasting talks, but right. I have a, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I've tasted a lot of things and I was tasting these seltzers and I'm like, I'm, I drank these. Right. This is good. This is like, but we're going to do this, right? It's eight weeks. We're gonna we're gonna do this, and as we're developing all these flavors, no one on the no one on the team knows. Pratt didn't know. Pratt thought we were developing it for someone else. Oh, he didn't know it was for you guys. Yeah, like he didn't know it was for us because it was you know kind of not. It was so fast we hadn't really thought it through in terms of telling the whole team yet. Right. So it was like, I guess it doesn't really matter as long as he's making five. He, he's into like, it, and he's like, I mean, that's how that's what we do. Like we develop 
you know, we can develop those recipes for people. And so we're like, oh, we're, well, let's do this for ourselves. But Pratt didn't know it was for us right. after. Um, so it was, it was pretty, it was pretty cool, pretty special. Um, this one here is the blue ras. So it's blue, blue raspberry. So like on the back here, it's saying uh, blueberry and raspberry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gave it away. I should have just kept it natural flavors. Yeah. Because <laughs> people are like, oh, I need to find some blue raspberries. Well, it's, I don't know if there is such a thing as a blue raspberry, but uh, no. it's just blueberry and raspberry. Yeah, I thought the uh, yeah blue blue raspberry, I never really understood what it was. It was just kind of like a candy flavor, really. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it always? Um, that's what we were trying to like recreate, right? Was that, was that candy flavor? Yeah. Uh, cheers, Ben. Yeah. Cheers. So it's got a, like, I guess now I know if I didn't know it was blueberry and raspberry, I don't know if I would have picked that, mm-hmm. but now I'm, I feel like I can smell it. I'm tricking myself. Mm-hmm. So it kind of smells candy ish. It's like blueberries. Yeah. It's like. Now I feel like I just, it's like just like very fruity. Because um, looking at blue raspberry, I'm just I think of candy and lollies, what we call mm-hmm. it in Australia. Um, so it's not what I would have expected, because it sort of almost seems like some sort of real sticky candy thing, even though the branding doesn't suggest that at all. But it's right. much more natural and softer than that, which I like about blueberries. It's a soft fruit. Mm-hmm. And they don't always bring out the – they're not a flavor-forward thing. You always need a supporting role for blueberries. So usually they chuck in blackcurrant or uh, – sorry, blackberries or something like that. But raspberry is yeah. a perfect one for it. Yeah, it's just juicy. It's smooth. Like the flavor goes quick in the, the, the nature of the product. So it makes mm-hmm. you want to – it's still dry like the other one. It makes you want to sip again. Um it's not overwhelming. It's not, and that's probably a good thing. I think it's good that it's not like the stickiness because once again, that's the sugar. That's what it's mm-hmm. the calories. I like this stuff, man. This is really good. I'm really see, and that's the thing about the the calories, right? Like, yeah, and all that sugar, right? I tried a couple this summer. There's a there's a couple out right now that are a similar flavor profile, um, and that they're just so sweet. There's so right. much sugar. I, and like it's you a can look at too? the pack, like there's 30 grams of sugar, or there's 25 right. grams. Of, it's one. like a pop. Yeah, See, that one gram of sugar. Yeah, this is crazy. Are they the ones that you're referring to? Are they also um, hard seltzers, or are they marketed as a different type of product? Uh, the, the ones that I'm talking about are once they get marketed as a, a little different. That, those are the sweet ones. Right. Most things that are marketed as hard seltzers, I would say I've seen some up as high as like four. Uh, or five grams, okay. um, but uh, most are below. So a hard seltzer is meant to be that, you know, like a, a just flavored Mind. water, right? It's it's yeah. a refreshing flavored water. People Very drink a lot so. about it. Or Montelier. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, – and the blue the blue raspberry, is, it's yeah. nostalgic for me. Like when I first had it, it just took me back to that blue freezy. And I love it, – it, it's funny with, with the hard seltzers – I, I don't know that I've like I have the 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 tasting, but I never we really haven't went through the like full flavor profile. Like we haven't done that yet, right. you know. In terms of your and it's amazing listening to you talk about it because you're just so well spoken about you know explaining flavors. Um, you know, I'm I'm very analytical, like slight blueberry, yeah. <laughs> blue. You know, yeah. like that's you know, but but. 
it really reminds me of the, the whiskey tasting I used to do. Like, you'd be very analytical about how to describe it, and then you'd be sitting beside whiskey writers who are like, oh, it's like a, you know, it's it's like a, uh, what was it? It was like a fire on the coast of Isla. You know, its ashes were, you know, the salt That's off really. the sea was blowing across the ashes. And I was like, uh, okay, it's like smoky. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's peat and it's like, chill yeah. <laughs> i'm not like that I, I can't do that i got friends who can do that i'm much more like basic in it but it's interesting to look at this from a maybe a beer mindset oh it's amazing and, like, and, and yeah it's uh, i love it and i yeah i really appreciate the the comments and feedback and you know the what what eight what's the date Thank on the you. one you're drinking just oh, yes. curious. of course this one is uh the 20th of july okay also a uh a wrap yeah i've got uh yeah 18th of August. Okay, so you got the next batch up. Yeah. Um, now everything, I mean, look, with beer, I guess, because we don't, do you know what the, um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, the, the, not used by, but kind of like the lifespan of something like these in comparison to, to beer? Yeah, like, so mm. I guess it's so new. What I can see, it's about, we're saying six months, but I think it can go a year. Yeah. Um, I guess you already find well, out. In, yeah. in a few months time we haven't made it so it's like I know that it's like um, you know so it's pasteurized so like from a shelf stability food safety micro stability that sort of thing um, it, it's going to be good for five years it's more around oxidation right over time like with beer you get oxidation IPA may be good for you know for me I, I, I three months is kind of like I really Ooh, three hate months. drinking drinking old IPAs oh, three be pushing it. I, I would think three to four weeks tops. I try it for yeah. like for like haze, say New England's and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, and sometimes they don't even last that long. Sometimes I've had stuff that's great after two months. You're like, what? I thought this was going to be trash, but no. it's interesting. Then what would what would be the you know we all know like in, in a hoppy IPA the hops are going to drop out, so mm-hmm. it's going to taste stickier, maltier. You're not going to get that bright tropical fruit that's typically intended with a modern IPA. With something yeah. like this, would it would it be a similar like the the flavor would drop out or something? Like what would be the impact of the oxygen or time? Yeah, it's 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 just you know, the flavors are going to either mute, mute or slightly alter. Right. Um, think about an oxidized wine, right? Uh, so you know what what happens with wine is it oxidized, it gets you know, slightly tapery and you know, I haven't spent a lot of time Describing wine, but uh, <laughs> it changes. Right? It, it changes not for the better. Of course, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Beer, you know, lagers get papery. On the IPAs, IPAs turn almost like pruny, like whether it's raisiny and pruny, and it just becomes, like you say, that that hop drop out that you explain. It's just yeah. it, it. It's not pleasant. Either. It not. It, it is not. Uh, no. So I think the the effects are going to be much less severe okay. in any event uh, with this over time. Um, but it's, it, you know, we're just going to be watching it very closely. Yeah. Uh, so right now we're getting at, uh, what is that? Four to four to 10 or no, sorry, five to 10. So, you know, we're, we're at the six month mark on our first, uh, first batch okay. so along the way. And there is some, some slight change, but I would say it's just more of a, a muting than anything. What, what we notice now. Huh? Okay. Interesting. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool though. And I guess they don't have to be cold stored either. Yeah, so yeah, we, it's pasteurized. It's <clears throat> so they're good uh, to go. I think, like anything, you know, fresher, 
pressure is better, but it's not going to be like an IPA. And that's, you know, one of the other benefits for us. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, have, yeah. Cause that's a problem with a lot of like the IPAs with the LCBO or beer store where they have to be cold stored even in the store level. And that can be yeah. a pain in the ass to manage. Cause you know, some stores will do it. Some stores won't. I've been, mean, every time we go back, I'm like, I always check and I judge these bastards. I always like you, like they, they had haze just sitting on shelf. Like I see that all the time. Unless they have the walk-in, the walk-in's great. But if right. there's stores that don't have that walk-in and they have like hazy, if I was that brewery, I would be furious. Like I, I, it really yeah. upsets me as a consumer because I'm, I'm, I'm not buying this now. I wanted to, but now I'm not. But this mm-hmm. is really cool that uh, this, so as far as like the, um, I'm not trying to talk about competitors and such, but like I'm just trying to get a picture of the market. So as far as like, being that uh, when I told my friends that we were going to be talking and that I got this stuff and I'm super curious about it and I got the positive feedback, um, I imagine that this is one of the larger brands. You've kind of hit the market really hard. You've got a, a fantastic uh, branding. You've got a good marketing behind the scenes with you know, PR and stuff like that, which a lot of people don't bother to do. So I already impressed right. off the back because that's what the market is for a living. So I was like, I love this immediately. Um, yeah. Are there any other brands, whether it's Ontario or beyond, that are sort of at the level that you're doing it? Or is it mostly, like you mentioned, someone like Block 3, like Kevin and those dudes, they're, they're doing a fun one. And like, is it going to be craft breweries? Like, hey, here's our fun seltzer and we'll never do it again. Or is it like, is there many other brands with this large push, I guess? Yeah, so, you know, we made, we made the decision. It was in April and we thought, we knew there would be other brewers who were going to be putting seltzers in the market because you, you could just see it happening in the U S right. And, you know, as we're like thinking about it, we talked to TBS, we're like, Hey, we're thinking of doing this. And they're like, Oh, maybe there's going to be other ones going this summer too. We don't know. Um, kind of thing. Um, which is, which is great because, you know, creating a category in TBS is something that, you know, we're actively trying to do that will be good, I think for beer in general and right. anybody who can get access to a retail channel where you can actually have a, a little bit of a little bit of control over, but not a ton. Right. Uh, but it's a, a, a different access route to get into people's, you know, to, to to talk to people and to let people try your product and you know be a part of it. So, um, so t- I mean, the, the TBS route for us was a um, was it was a no brainer uh, because yeah, we couldn't get into LCBO for over a year. Right. Are you, are right? you still going to go for that? Um, you know, we we would for sure. So again, I think we were talking about it a little briefly before, just about yeah. Was that off? Was that off? I the, think it was. At this point, I'm it's kind of blurred in, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> we we got into a bunch of really cool topics beforehand. We didn't go deep so that we can rehash. But even if we did, go back into it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's our podcast, God damn it. We do what we yeah, do. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's sweet. Yeah, no. Anyway, so the it, it's really it's that that neutral malt piece right so it's uh so it it, it isn't actually a vodka soda it doesn't have doesn't give that that same level of you know burn it gives you that uh um this you know alcohol that we make it gives you a nicer you know softer uh, softer you know experience Mm -hmm. so could you if you um you did mention before on camera now i remember what you're talking about you did say that the vodka is kind of more what they're looking for, but if you if you didn't change the recipe, is there a way that this would be accepted into the LCBO as is, or is it kind of rolling the dice and wasting time when you know that there's more of a chance if you could add that little splash of vodka or whatever it is in there? Yeah, yeah. 
I think, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting one, right? And, you know, I love the people over at the LCBO. You know, they're, they're, doing, they're the biggest liquor retailer in the world, right? Uh, so they have a ton of, um, you know, they have a big mandate for the Ontario government to, to make money and run it like a business. So, you know, and the way they run it like a business is, you know, right now, the vodka soda market, it's the RTD market in Ontario is exploding. It's really, eh? up 42% year over year. RTD size of pie is going like this. Beer is staying like this and shrinking mm. slightly. And craft beer, thankfully, is, is growing a little bit. Okay. Right? So it's like okay for craft, bad for beer in general. And mm. RTD is going crazy. Mm. And RTD is all spirits-based. And it has a much higher markup, right? Especially when you compare it to the craft um, craft brewers, uh, you know, tax rebates. Right. Not rebates, but just different taxation levels. Right, right, right. Uh, so, you know, small brewers under 49,000 hectoliters can achieve some, you know, a better tax rate than uh, than the large guys. And then spirits is like another level above that macro brewer level right. tax. So the vodka sodas make a lot more per, per square foot. So why would they want to allow a malt-based cooler on the shelf? And potentially malt-based coolers in the past have been not necessarily the greatest taste um so there's been some you know a stigma around malt coolers malt based coolers because you know like uh, it, it just doesn't taste that good right so we because uh, you could really taste the malty alcohol in okay. it um right. so well, you kind of disavow it literally tastes like blue raspberry flavored flavored water yeah so i mean and that's what's you know it's been a little surreal actually because it's like it actually ta- it, it tastes good. Like we just we, we made it in, in, it a, in a short amount of time, and it's like this is really good, Pratt. Yeah. Like there's you know, so much potential with this. I see now. Yeah. If you said you had what like close to 300 different options, therefore you've got what could damn near be considered unlimited flavor potential with like mm-hmm. multiple combinations of mm-hmm. all sorts. And, of like, stuff. The amazing, the really cool thing for the for the craft like industry, right? Is Anybody can make it, right? I think, like, I think every craft brewer, unless somebody can come up with a reason to complain about it because it's not pure or something, every craft brewer will be making it and selling it in their tap room. Because right. they'd rather sell that than sell a bottle of, you know, flavored sparkling water when, you know, somebody who's in there and wants to What's try something yeah, doesn't exactly. want anything that they have on the menu. But why don't you try this cool thing? I, I, it's we made it here, you know. And you can put anything into it. You can put fruit into it. You can put anything. You just make that base, and then you can, you know, it's just a base to to do make magic with. And that's what I'm really excited about is tasting yeah, and seeing where the the market goes with yeah. seltzer once craft says and it, once you know craft embraces it. Um, and I yeah. think uh, like. Being able to sell it in the LCBO and have access to retail, I think the more craft brewers embrace it, the more mm. you know craft brewing loving bodies like the OCB would say, "Hey, right. LCB, why don't you you know support craft by you know allowing some malt-based seltzers to be sold?" Right. Uh, okay. So but as long as it doesn't take away from beer, that's the thing, and that's the big fear I think in the brewing world is like. Well, we don't want it to take away from beer, but it's going to anyway. 
right. unfortunately, right? It is in the U.S. It's like, like it is a it, you can't stop the wave of of seltzer. It's like how can you, you know, uh, provide what people are looking for and give them if they're asking for it. We're not going to stuff it in their face, but yeah. give them a, give them a really good option to uh, to try it out. And that's what you know that's what we try to do here. And and I think you'll see a lot more. You know, people moving that way and um, putting different products out because when it comes down to it, you, especially in this world right now, can't tell me one brewer who's trying to, you know, everyone's, let's try to figure out how we can, you know, keep the light on. I'll deliver on my way home, I'll, you know, <laughs> on Saturday morning or whatever. Like, there's all these guys out there looking to help, you know, the bottom line and potentially have another product that you can actually get behind and, and, like figure out what's right for you and your brewery. I think it you, we're, you're going to see a ton of seltzers, um, you know, coming in. But you've come out strong with this one. I wanted to ask before I forgot the name. Is it got anything to do with the Skrillex song, or is it like completely some rad song? It's uh, <laughs> so I mean it does it doesn't it doesn't right. So you know when we were you know coming up with different names, it was like you throw up. 500 names and then this one comes this one comes at us and it's like as soon as i saw it it was like yes that's that's our name yeah that's it uh you know for me it was it was like right back to the you know hook 1994 robin williams movie hook i don't know if you ever saw that one what was it called oh hook yeah yeah hell yeah yeah okay so bang ring it's the rally clock rally cry of the lost boys bang ring no shit okay that makes it like it's just like it, it was immediately nostalgic for me going back and take me to, to like bang ring and that, I don't know, whatever I was 11 years old, probably when that movie came out and, you know, watched it, watched it a lot. I loved it. Peter, yeah. Peter Pan and Lost Boys. But, uh, so it, it meant a lot the the word. And then that whole idea of like rally cry and being united, it was like, okay, that's, that's, that's our name. Let's ensure that we can get some, you know, labels and get a, get a brand. You know, we really love the color, right? Like, yeah. I don't know, see like the three colors there. It's like we wanted to have the uh, yeah, first brand be, be, about, be about color. Like everything was new, neutral. It was. Yeah, I guess I could just hold them up like that. Eh? And I'll feel the other. I'll feel the lemon lime up there. Yeah, I'm about to I'm about to bust one of those out shortly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got that yeah. So it was. It was on the room where there was a ton of color. And, uh, you know, this came through the whole process of coming up with the, the different colors. And we said, you know, this is, this is it. This is, uh, this is what, uh, this is what, you know, Bang Rang is. This is what we're going to, this is what we're going to market in. And, um, we're going to let people tell us what they think. Right. And, uh, you know, so far they've been, there's been a pretty good response. Right. To be positive. Know? Good. We were joking offline, right? We were reading the untapped review. Yeah. <laughs> Some people didn't quite get it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? One person didn't get it. All the rest were positive. Though, to be yeah. fair. To be, and that's usually what it is on untapped. The, with regard to the flavors, um, so you've got mango, blue raspberry, and we're about to do a lemon lime. Um, yep. The Can you speak to either maybe some fun or funny ones that – like you tried out, but you're like, no, that didn't make it. And can you speak to some 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 other flavors that might come in the future? Uh, I imagine maybe not, but just some of the com, just some of the, what the guy that how that went. 
yeah so i'll tell you a little bit about a little bit about the flavors like we tried a really hard on the black cherry to find a black cherry because white claw had a black cherry and we're like ah, well if white claw has it like and yeah. people are loving it mm-hmm. let's see if we can make one that, that that's good and we uh you know we tried it and it was like it's really it's the same compound as um that's in almond extract like okay. uh marzipan so i don't know like, if you know marzipan yeah, like, definitely do. so it's, kind it's of, uh, uh, benzaldehyde is, is the compound um and it and it gives you so that i i could only get almond extracts in that marzipan like chemically kind of smell versus like a nice like cherry aroma um with a bunch of different ones we tried like you know i think we had eight different eight different ones we're um you know messing around with and it's it was it was a tough one and we uh, so black cherry was a was a no and you know the blue raspberry was the nostalgic one and the cool thing that we found is like there's a flavor for everybody yeah like some people are mango some are blue ras some are lemon lime and lemon lines probably the definitely the odd one out in terms of profile and mouthfeel and everything i think it is the most different so i'm excited to taste it and get your get yeah. your taste get your feedback on the on the left line too okay we can mm-hmm. look i'm i've got a little bit left of this other one but we could we could bust that out whenever you want say the word you're the boss cool. well tell me before you finish that like tell me more about you know what's going on what's going on with you right now how's how's uh you know the all the, like are you locked down now in Montreal? Like, are you they just put down? red alert started yesterday. So we're fortunate that we've been able. We work from home anyway. We've been doing it for five years, so we're right. we're good. Um, yeah. We're in social media for our main business. So mm-hmm. once again, extraordinarily fortunate that this is something that people need right now. So we've actually experienced an increase. I guess just like a lot of breweries and a lot of like. Yeah. In, the, in the beer world, most breweries have actually had an increase, which I was kind of surprised about. So we're super, super right. lucky, but we're in air. We're in, are you, have you been to Montreal much? I lived in Montreal, actually, for four months when right. I was back in uni. Where at? Yeah. I was uh, parked in Sherbrooke in the, in the ghetto. Just, oh, you know, right there. Dude, we're up the road. Like, I don't want to say publicly where we are, but we're not too far from there. Yeah, yeah, Root so, Park. Like, uh, oh, man, it was, it was amazing. Bottom floor of a, you know, a little complex there. Uh, had a great great experience in Montreal. It was January to April though, so it was you know, it was old as fuck. The least but, fun. The least fun. Yeah. But uh but no, it was awesome. It was back when, you know, there's a lot of good a lot of good, you know, places to go. And yeah. I'm sure there so, still is. It's just probably different. I ain't going there. I ain't I'm not going anywhere. Montreal's been the, the hub of COVID since it began, you know, in Canada. Yeah, yeah. And Quebec as well. So I mean mostly in Montreal. So like Quebec had half of Canada uh, Montreal had half of Quebec, if not more. So now most of the cases were back to eight, nine hundred a day, which is pretty bad. We we're down to like fifty, and then boom, everything went crazy. So I imagine it's from the private gatherings and from schools, probably is my guess. But um, yeah, so we're locked down. So that's why we've been doing the podcast this way because we. I'm still telling you off air. So we started. We took. We we finished last year. And we were kind of just bored with the way we did 159 episodes straight. I don't barely missed a week. I don't think it all went about four years. And we were like, kind of just over it in this way because it was just random. It didn't feel connected. And Tiff, like my girlfriend and our producer from the mm-hmm. beginning, wanted to make it like. I don't know you 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 seem like a big podcast guy. We mentioned some stuff before. Are you familiar yeah, with like you know like NPR or Gimlet? media mm-hmm. and stuff like that so they would have a podcast and they would have a season and that season would be themed it would be like you know like 
if you look at Gimlet, startup. It would be focused on one uh, business for 10 episodes. So we were like, let's come up with themes and then do themed podcasts. So we had the first one was called Against the Green, and we made it like Quebec breweries doing stuff that the other breweries weren't. So here, um, New England IPAs and all the trends, nobody was doing that stuff. And the and so we were like, and that's my thing. So we were going to Toronto all the time. My girlfriend's from Toronto. My brother lives there. Most I lived there years ago. So like more of our connections are there than here, but we chose to live here. Um, so we go back all the time and uh, I would always get stuff from there. And I come back here and they just never had anything I wanted to drink. And then over the last maybe year, Quebec has gone, it's insane here now. Everything you need, it's fire. It's amazing. I'm so proud of these people, the guys here. So we decided to do that season. So we got four of the six episodes done and we had the last two episodes of that season booked the week that lockdown started in March and they both canceled on us. I was like, Oh man, come on. Like, I'm like, fuck. All right. So then we were like, what the fuck did we do? Cause the second season and Patty from, uh, Overhop just commented right now. Um, we started, we did one episode with them for building the brewery. We were supposed to go there once a month and follow them as they built their brewery. And yeah, yeah. we did one episode and then the lockdown came and, we couldn't continue it. So then that one stopped and we're like, oh, man, what do we even do? So we took a couple of weeks off and then started the Skype thing. It was just, I was like, well, I can't talk by myself for an hour. So Tiff, will you do it with me? So she's been on a few times and we just came up with topics and we're like, well, I got this software that lets people comment live and let's, yeah. let me bring in the Skype thing. So we're like, all right. So we started just doing it with our friends, our fellow beer media people. And then just as I was talking to other breweries, I was like, yo, you want to be on? All right, cool. Let's go. Boom, boom, boom. And it's just, we just kept it going. So we've been able to keep everything moving um, in that way. So it's, that's, that's, that's great. What about the, like the brewing scene there? Like, so what's, what's going on with the, the breweries and, you know, with restaurants closed, are they, are they hurt? Like, is it? Oh yeah. They heard the, the restaurants just closed as of yesterday. Yeah. It's, so the first they had to close again, I think that was redundant if they close. Cause I think, the problem with all this, man, is that they never really ascertained and determined of 100% that you can catch it from touching surfaces. They still never, I've heard yes and no. The mm-hmm. thing about that is I think it's proximity to human beings and the moistness of talking, hence why masks keep us safe, right? So yeah. I felt like we're very cautious. Like we were already kind of germaphobes and shit. So this is like, yes, we're ready to go. Let's go. So we're, <laughs> and, and we work from home, so we don't need to be around people. So we're right. like, all right, whatever, just normal. It's, it's winter. I'm not going anywhere. Like, cool, cool, let's go. But over time, we started, um, you know, obviously you have to go to the supermarket and start going to other businesses. I always felt pretty safe. If you wear your mask, they were restricted to whatever, three people in time. It's fine. Yeah. You just do your shit, get out, boom, boom. It's easy. And all you got to do is be smart. And now when they, they close restaurants again, and I look, whilst I, I'm not, you're not going to find me at a restaurant or a brewery here for the meantime, unfortunately. Um, I'm cool with it. If people want to do that, go for it because they've, a lot of them have the, the perspex dividers between tables, um, the staff, the servers were wearing the, the masks, the face yeah, yeah. things, whatever you call them. Um, yeah. It didn't seem to be it, but then they didn't. Did they close gyms? Did they close schools? Like why are you closing restaurants of all things when schools and gyms are probably – I mean even gyms I'm sure are fine because they restrict them to – you've got mm. this, you know, 5 to 6 p.m., boom, that's your hour. So Yeah, yeah. we're already operating at like – you know, if they're operating at fifty percent capacity, they're already yeah. every other booth anyway. They're fine. Exactly. Uh, that's what it's like in Ontario. We haven't shut down restaurants again. I'm, I, I'm really hoping we don't. But uh, 
but who knows what's going to happen. And, yeah, you know, you for the sake of everybody today. who like makes a living in, in that industry, it's oh, just it's, like, you know, you hope that that's, that's part of it. And I know, you know, everyone's just trying to make the best decision they can, but man, like to just turn jobs off for that many people. Yeah, it uh, just, it just you know, doesn't make sense. And look, no. we were the, on the other side of it, to be honest, man. We were kind of more like, yeah, man, shut everything down. I'm sick of this shit. This is like, we, because I'm more like, if we didn't fuck around from the beginning, we'd be good. Everything would be good. But we did. Look at New Zealand. Like, they killed it. We didn't do that. And then people here in Montreal, as you've been here, you know what's up. Like, where we're at, uh, we can see the park. We're right next to the mountain. Uh, every single day, there's just mad. I'm talking like in April, May, when things were wild. They were just out here. Like, they didn't give a shit. We were seeing these little police, like, golf cart things driving around the park, putting out messages, like, from a loudspeaker in French and English, like, saying, don't, you know, move six feet away. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Jesus. Because people were crazy. They have to have that thing. Like, I don't get it. We're maybe more introverts, so I'm okay. I haven't felt any crazy need to get out and do stuff. But I guess a lot of people... Do you have a yard? Like, do you have... Do you, are you in a condo, or do you have, like, condo. A, a yard space? No, no, no. We've got a balcony. And yep. recently, so Tiffany's cousin Dan moved from England to work for us in June. And yep. last week, he moved into the building. So he works with us now. And if he wasn't allowed, technically, according to that new rule they just brought in, when he was he was living downtown for the first few months and he moved in the building um, yeah, last week. So now we're like, he's literally like, it's fine for him to be here because mm-hmm. we're in the building and none of us go anywhere except the supermarket. So... Yep. That's He's okay. Pardon? We He's got a bubble. bubble. Yeah, very strong bubble. We have one friend that we meet up and do park hangs with, you know, mm-hmm. distance park hangs and stuff, and she keeps a small bubble too. We've seen, yeah. we've hardly seen anybody. And a couple weeks ago, we rolled the dice and we went to uh, far Quebec, Gaspé, Gaspésie. Oh, nice. Yeah, which was dope. So we did Quebec City for a tourism thing and we went to six different breweries there. We shot a vlog. Quebec City was chill. Now it's messed up. Now it's Montreal and Quebec City that are shut down and one other place I forget. Because um, Quebec City have a whole, apparently their radio is far right and they're all saying it's not real. So mm-hmm. they fucked up and now they're, they're, they're in a mess, unfortunately, which one of the brewers at Nocturne told him, he was like, dude, it's about to be a problem here. And at the time, it was the first time we'd been to places to drink beer, to drink out of a glass that wasn't from our house. And it was a big step for us, but we felt comfortable. Everything was good. Everyone was wearing masks. Everything was great. I'm like, this, we can make this work. Yeah, yeah. People are smart. And we went to Gaspé. They had 200 cases in the whole region. So we were like, boom, good. Even out there, everyone's wearing masks. Everyone, they wouldn't let two of us go into the room to check into the hotel type of thing. So we sure. felt super safe. Everything was great. And then I'm glad we did it because now it's, it's kind of back to craziness again. But... Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Patty from um, Overhoppers is commenting. She's saying, uh, equals, we used to brew there. COVID killed us in Ontario. I didn't know that, man. That's crazy. Oh, sorry, Patty. That sucks. It it really sucks. She said, um, I'm pissed AF. I can, oh, I think about uh, what's happening in Montreal because they just opened and I bet their tap room now, or they have like a tasting room more than a tap room. I bet that's probably closed down. Um, I mean, I loved, I loved that beer, the can, everything, like the the, the group crazy. over at Overhop, like fantastic team, fantastic, great people, uh, product, so. um, and yeah, it's uh, you know, hopefully you can get back to Ontario soon, but uh, yeah, COVID yeah. Uh, really does suck. 
yeah, man, it's 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 been good and bad, I guess, in a lot of ways. And I just feel like I don't know, like the I'm optimistic about it, but I feel like people, if we only just were like, all right, let's just write guys, like let's not be selfish. I think the problem was everyone was so selfish. If we weren't right. selfish, we'd be fine because we'd be like, we did our part. We stayed home. We didn't do shit. We like when I maybe wanted to, or people were like, yo, come hang out in the park. I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. I wouldn't do it. We didn't do it for months. We didn't do it the first park hang probably till August. We were in lockdown since March. And yeah, we didn't, yeah. we didn't, we, maybe it was July. Sorry, I lied. It's probably July. But either way, we waited, right? Until it was the cases started to decline. And we're in the hotspots and we have to be extra careful. And our area too is also the hotspot. So like, we're just trying to be sensible and not spread out. I don't want it. Like, I don't know what it's going to do to me. It's probably, we're all probably going to be fine. But yeah. everyone keeps worrying about, I have people, friends sending me the death rates. I'm like, it's not the death rate, bro. Like, there's people talking about the other problems that come with it. Like, maybe you'll cough damn near forever or maybe, like, you have something wrong with your body that you don't even know what's wrong with you. And it'll mess it yeah, up I over think, time. Like, I think there's like a... a, a a definite reason to not want to get it for sure. Yeah, um, it's just scared of it. But what's, what's that? What's that reason? And and what I love about you know your perspective, and I really really respect, is like you're like I'll do me, and then if whatever other people want to do, that's good as long as you're not going to affect you know me, right? Yeah, but <laughs> I mean it, at the it, same that's it, to a, to a, to an extent, to an extent right? when it comes to like people just yeah. making a living, it's not like we're going to be the Tampa Bay. We're not going to go down and have a Stanley cup, you know, parade with, uh, right. you know, 10,000 people. Uh, but we're, we want to open our restaurant and try to feed um, my family. That exactly right, man. It's like, we haven't, we don't have anyone in the only person who's been in our house at all since February is, is Dan. And that's yeah. the only person, even then we made him, he had to, uh, when he moved here, he had to quarantine and we made sure everything was safe. But if you mm-hmm. want to go to a restaurant, I get it. Like it's it's fine because I feel like everyone is like the restaurants wouldn't put their business at risk, right? They're business people. We're business people. I'm with it. It's totally cool. I personally don't want to take that risk, but if other friends do, mm-hmm. uh, at this well, prior to what just happened, like in the last week or two, I get it. It's cool. Yeah. No problems. Yeah. But the like, last yeah, the cases are going up. So okay, I'm hoping restaurants in Ontario can can find a way to stay open just for the industry. I think they were. I saw a thing today where they were saying what they were doing is so much lighter than Quebec, so much lighter. Yeah, um, much more chill. How's it been in London? I guess it's probably been chiller than Toronto and stuff. I would imagine. Yeah, it has. I think you know nine cases or something uh, in the last last twenty four. So it's been going up. Like Did you say, nine cases. Nine, nine in kind of the London area. Oh my gosh, we get nine hundred. So all right. Yeah. You're so good. it's like, you know, there's 300,000 people in London. So you're like, okay, like it was two and three. Now it's nine. So I'm going to start like paying a lot closer attention, tighten okay. up the bottle or the bubble. I've got kids. So, you know, if they've got sniffles, you know, they're, kids they're, are they're hard, home. Yeah. It's uh, at school. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. School. It's just, you know, they're, they're adjusting. They're, uh, you know, they're troopers. My wife's fantastic. She's, uh, you know, just, um, you know, all the work, you know, if I'm at the parade a lot, I imagine, um, right. So you'd be equals and, and bangering both. And, right. uh, yeah, it's, uh, she does a great job. And the kids, the kids, uh, because of, you know, they're resilient. It's amazing how resilient they are. No, that's great. I, yep. I, I know that like people like yourself who, uh, whose business and whose livelihood depend on being at a physical place like Patty and, and Tatiana and her team, they have to be somewhere. So like you've sort of been out here, 
from the beginning, right? You've had to just keep going and just be safe and wash your hands and use sanitizer and wear a mask and all that stuff. It's just being intelligent about it from the beginning. So, yeah, I I respect because I feel like you wouldn't do anything crazy to risk your business, particularly a a growing product line that, you know, needs attention. You have things you have to do and place you have to be. Excuse me. So, we put, we ended up putting, uh, we had masks, I think, in our facility early April, like well ahead of when it was mandated. Is it mandated though? We knew. We knew it was going to, yeah, it's mandated. Because someone told me that there's some places in Ontario that you don't have to, no, that was one of the things they introduced today, was wearing masks in public. I guess that means outside. Oh, maybe. Because I feel like, like even me. Yeah, I said public spaces. Yeah, yeah, I think you might be right. I read, yeah, public spaces. I just assumed. Is it indoor or outdoor? I imagine it'd be indoor. Yeah. Like, but I thought everything indoor, it was indoor businesses. Yeah, so maybe just public spaces just means indoor public spaces that isn't a business. Okay. I mean, look, we have to do that here. We've had to do that for months. Yeah. We've it's had fun. to, people in the condo. People are just put, put yeah. a mask on. Put the damn mask. Like, at first, I didn't, it was annoying. Like, look, I don't want to wear the mask. None of us do, but you just show up oh. and do it. But if I'm going to do my laundry or go check the mail, I have to wear the mask to go in the elevator and you're like two people at a time. Sometimes there's like idiots I've noticed with no mask or the people who wear it and it's kind of like just covering here, their nose is out, their mouth is out. And like, I got a neighbor who does, I see him all the time and I'm like, and he lets, you're not supposed to go in the elevator with other people. I know, I was like, oh fuck, he, he just comes in. He's like, hey, what's up guys? Does he, does he watch the podcast? Does he uh, know you're talking oh, about? Oh, he does. He knows about us. I don't know if he watches it though. Shout yeah. out to you, bro. You know who you are. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I feel like some people just don't care. The building manager doesn't wear her mask at all. I've never seen her in one. Like, I feel like there's just people that just don't take it serious enough. And I yeah. feel like that's, look, there's... You know, I, I was at, I was at lunch the other day and uh, it was beers after work with some old colleagues. And the, one of the guys I was with went and like, told the business owner he's like hey where's your mask and i thought he knew him and he was just giving him the gears and then after he was like oh no i didn't know the guy i just knew he was the owner right he just went and told the owner of the bar to put his mask on he's like (laughs) i did i was like geez that's bold man but uh but i mean it's just like if people just take care of each other that's the big thing that's what it is don't be selfish just take care of each other Um, you know order takeout when you can you know support the restaurants tip tip your servers well you know, just just try to try to help out where you can when you see someone. Because there's gonna be a lot of people who's struggling. Like, I, I couldn't agree more. Especially launched Bangarang because I didn't want to have to lay people off, right? Like, if we were looking at the 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 potential of not having customers with COVID hitting really hard, and all of our you know customers were having trouble, you know, we said let's let's launch this product and. Yeah. Uh, so we did. So lemon lime is the next one up. Lemon lime. Sorry for taking my time there. It's all good. It's just so funny. I just feel like I'm drinking carbonated water and I'm like getting slowly drunk. I'm like, what the fuck? I bet there's probably a little to no hangover over this because there's hardly any sugar in it. <laughs> They're all exactly the same. One. Right. I love that you kept them the same. One forty calories, one gram of sugar in each thing. It's because the it's like the, the real difference is is the flavoring. Okay. Which I imagine you could go different with. Um, like sugar like level different. to get different flavors because I would imagine but, sometimes the flavors might not have the same like whatever you use for flavoring might not have the same um, um, 
makeup of like chemical makeup as far as like sugar and sodium and all that stuff that has to be let yeah, on the camera. From a total volume standpoint, in terms of the percentage, it's so low because it's so concentrated. The flavoring is used, so it doesn't have. It's not enough to to really tip the scales on the calories. Okay, so this one, the lemon lime nose. I feel like there's a citrus, like a bright citrus kind of burst initially. There's another, like I can't identify it, like an like a background flavor. You did say this was a different one, right? Yeah. You get the like uh, a little bit of lime, like yeah. a little bit of lime peel, like a little bit of the rind. Yes, definitely. Mm. There's something else in there. Though. It's like a, it's almost like it's not malt, but it's some other like flavor. And you said the mouth feels a bit different. Yeah, this one's just a little more tart. Oh, that's much more different. Okay, it's almost like the lemon lime comes at the end, mm-hmm. and there's something else in the beginning that I can't put my finger on. It's a little, it's a little more viscous, I guess, which mm-hmm. isn't really like an accurate term for water, <laughs> but like <laughs> it feels like thicker or creamier. Is that accurate? Yeah, like a little more mouth coating. Yeah, mouth coating. Okay, so it's like it's subtle. I feel like cream it's, sounds a lot better than outgoing, but yeah, yeah. There's something you're definitely right. It's almost like it's slightly different. The lemon lime is it's lime forward, which I think mm-hmm. is good. And lemon's the backbone because lime is usually a stronger. Sorry, lime isn't as strong as lemon. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, what date? What date do you got there? Uh, this one is. 26th of June. Okay. So that would be, what, three coming up on, no, three months old. Yeah. So I wondered, did you uh, notice? Yeah, I've got the July. Uh, the July, one, so not too much different. It definitely tastes different. Mm-hmm. I would say I prefer the other two to this for sure. See, it's really funny. It's probably the most frequently rated low, but in terms of average number one picks it's not far down interesting so like it's It's people love it or they they don't love it and um i don't i don't not like it though i think Mm -hmm. i just prefer the others like the mango is probably the fave the blue raspberry is sick because i feel like it's fun and interesting lemon Mm -hmm. lime is just like a classic you can never go wrong with yeah um the lemon lime were uh I'm, i'm thinking about you know, a, a tweak, right? Like if, well, if there was something to? different that you could do to that drink yep. to, that you think could make it better from, in terms of how you would describe the, the experience, aroma, mouthfeel, what, what would you like, what would you want it to, to kind of do? Just to think about how tart it is or that mouthfeel. Yeah. I'd say a little more tartness that is associated with lemon and lime and that, excuse me, those type of citrus fruits and mm-hmm. a touch more brightness whatever the hell that means in a sense. Cause I felt like the mango and the blue raspberry were bright. Now this is by far the oldest one, but I say by far, it's probably like three to four weeks older. And right. we don't know, none of us know, we don't know shit about what this, what that means for these things. Right. So maybe it was different. I, I can't imagine it changed that much in three months, but no, I think, I think the brightness is, 
is a good point. Like as we were looking through the you know the, the development of lemon lime, you drink a lot of lemon lime flavors. Yes, and and it is you know sometimes you just get like a a soapiness, um, and these were ones that we came to. We didn't get the soapiness, but soap. I see what you're saying it with that brightness and that pop. Where it, that would be where the only thing, because like the effervescence would come through with a brightness, and maybe lemon is brighter than lime, therefore it's lime forward and mm-hmm. not as bright by nature. I'm pulling it out of my ass, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just making shit up. We need to just put some 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 lemon uh, some lemon rinds in it. We'll just get some. Yeah, lemons you know, I bet if you put like a little squeeze of lemon or something, it might even brighten that up. But yeah. at the same token, like I'm like I almost feel like I could be tripping myself out. No, I'm tripping myself out. I'm looking at it on the, on on the table here, and I, I feel like it's got it's kind of tinged green compared to the other ones. But I think I'm I've got I've got the can sitting next to it. The can's right behind it. <laughs> it's right next to it. I moved it away and slightly less green. I think I'm just tripping tripping balls. But um, no, it's super dope. Patty is actually saying Patty from Overhop saying she just bought a, a seltzer for the first time. It's watermelon cucumber from Glacier Factory in Niagara. And it's pretty good. She loves it. Nice. Um, loving it. Yeah, Patty, we're all new to it, right? And Dan is saying, Dan is right next to me, but he's coming. He said, the, drinking these hard seltzers right now, one of the nicest drinks I've ever had. So, oh, Dan. Thanks, man. Got to love, Dan. Um, <laughs> so Dan is like, I've been teaching him about beer. He already drank beer, and I'm just been giving him all sorts of different stuff to try and like school him along the way. And when I was telling him what these ones are, I'm like, I don't know if you're going to like, and he's like, all right, let me try the first one. We'll see. Cause he doesn't like sparkling water, like plain sparkling water. Oh, really? So we're like, all right. And now he's just like, you love them? All of them? It's amazing. What's your fave? Um, Blue raspberry. Man. Blue raspberry? There you go. Blue ra- and you love drank it. every one. You crushed it. You are like, I'm not giving that back. I love it. I was like, all right, just pour some into a glass so you don't waste it so we can drink it. Yeah. And then he's like, he's not giving it back. He's not giving it back. We, so. launched, we launched the mango. We went with the mango in like, uh, you know, a bunch of TVS that. stores. Uh, that was the first one. And then we went with the mix pack. So we needed like one. And then, you know, we needed to launch with like a, a single in the beer store. And then we wanted to launch with the mix pack because we knew the mix pack would be like, people love mix packs. Yeah. I love mix packs. People like mix packs. And I thought we had a good three to put in the mix pack. So the mix packs did really well. And the, the, the mango did well. But now we've put the blue raspberry in as well on its own as a single because there's just been a lot of people who really like the blue raspberry that's my oh, drink so you can it's only get uh, this in the mix pack the only place you can get lemon lime is in the mix pack ah, or online smart. yeah oh that's really smart boom oh look at this speaking of that thank you sir that's him right here oh that's the french <laughs> so we got the mix pack i was uh i wasn't expecting this to be honest when um I was explaining to the publicist sort of like how this usually works. I thought you just said one of each. So I'm very stoked to see this because I didn't know this really existed. I typically don't purchase products like this. And I thought that this was super cool. Um, so you've got that little like the rip open thing. The branding mm-hmm. was great. Um, I started a new workout regime and I put this inside a cooler and used the cooler as weights because I didn't have weights. Um, you know, trying to get trying to get fit with it. You know what I'm saying? Get fit with banger so, you know, Weights are going for like, it's like, uh, crazy. you can't, can't buy weights. You can't buy Fuck weights. So you use coolers and they're only 140 calories. You drink one afterwards, boom, boom, boom. It's beautiful. Um, but no, I think this is just like really smart, man. Like I, I just, I'm so impressed because I know Jack all about it and I haven't focused on this sub market of sort of, you know, what's coming up in the beer world or in the alcohol world. 
Um, that's why I was intrigued and I was just really impressed. I'm like, all right, so if it comes like this, this is sick. And now I'm actually trying all the products and I'm like, it's still crafted with that same attention to detail as, as beer, as any beer would be. And it's gone through rigorous testing and, and blah, blah, blah. And then there's also the same, like, well, you can't buy this by itself. It's got to come. In. I, I love that. All about that from the marketing to the, 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 the approach is phenomenal to me. Man. I'm yeah. really congrats, bro. Like it's very cool. It's been a uh, you know it's been a great ride. I got a you know a great team. So you know uh, Dave Martin, he's uh, you know he's, he spent some time at Labatt, and then he went to uh, uh, he went and worked at Amsterdam for a bit. Then he launched his own brand, New Standard, um, and then you know he's been working with us at Equals since November. So he's uh, he reached out to us on social media a while ago. I remember New Standard. Okay. Yeah, so he's uh, you know he's he's really helped us helped us at Equals, and then he's really been running with uh, the Bang Rang kind of business, and you know, hired a great uh, sales rep, uh, Paul Swingy, uh, Squiggy, uh, ex small guy, but uh, you know he's got a great um, great track record of of going out and just like he's a great guy to be around. He's just one of those sales guys. You just you don't need to. He doesn't sell anything to you. He just talks to you, and he's he's just a good guy to have a beer with. Uh, and then we've been building out the sales team and we've got a sales force across Ontario. Um, you know, and we're looking at opportunities in, in other markets as well. In terms of, I was about to ask, um, is it, is it getting it international out. or what's the, what's the sort of plans? As far uh, as it's not international yet. I think, you know, it's, let's keep it in Ontario and it's really, you know, build, build out this, you know, great team that, um, can really get behind a great, a great liquid and go and tell people about it and make it, you know, try to make it mean something. And, you know, the business of equals is, is continuing on and bangering is just a really small part of it. And, you know, we help make people, um, you know, products that they need when they need it. Right. And whether it be, you know, great breweries like Overhoff who are, who are trying to get a leg up and, and, and establish themselves in a, in a new province and in, in a new market, or it's a, a small brewery who, you know, wants to keep their capacity so they can give the patrons in their tap room 10 different brands, but they still want to try to expand into the LCBO and TDS. And they don't have any room to, or don't have the capital to buy new tanks. So we can, we've got customers like that and we've got customers that are starting and they haven't built their brewery yet, you know, and, you know, and some customers that are just, you know, great marketers and salespeople and they have made the decision to specialize in that and keep their overheads low and still have the same passion for their product. But they get us to help them make it because that's what we do is we focus on quality and consistency at scale and, and then they go and they, um, you know, tell, tell people about it and make sure that people can, you know, get the beer when they want it, where they want it. And, you know, worry about, uh, worry about that, that aspect of the business. So the equal side is, is, uh, is still, you know, it's the, it's, it's the main business, uh, for, uh, for us and, and building Bangarang has been a, a fantastic, uh, experience over the summer and it's been really exciting. Yeah. See, do you have your own beers as well, or is it like strictly like you haven't done your own beers yet? No, no, and I think you know, pre COVID, there was no you know, we didn't want to compete with our customers, right? And you know, COVID hit, and we're like, well, we don't have anything to, we don't have any customers who are willing to commit to brews. Well, the hard seltzer is the the best avenue because none of our customers have a hard seltzer, right? So, you're not competing directly. Right. And we actually launched hard seltzers for our customers. And that's, 
you know, now a, a, a competency that we have to be able to go out and say, hey, uh, if anybody wants to la- launch a hard seltzer into market in Ontario, we can help you do that. Um, because we've got a great base and we can work with you on different flavors that really are going to resonate with you and your brand and uh, your your fans and we can help you get it there. And we've had like seven different people ask about launching, like, hey, how's Bangarang going? You know, we'd love to launch a malt seltzer. It's like, well, you know, we need need the TBS to, to... the, the category to, to develop a little bit, to have a ton of competition. Cause right now it's, it's neutral, which is owned by Labatt. Okay. Um, so they, they sell a decent amount at the LCBO. They've got a mixed pack. They've got a few singles. Aquarelle, which is owned by Molson pure, which is a brand out of BC um, and us. Right. And then yes. by next year, I assume there's going to be 20, maybe, maybe not 20, but at least it's going to double. And you're going to get more people. It's just as a retail sure. channel, we're trying to help grow that category. So people know you don't just go to the beer store for a case of blue, but you can actually go there's They got craft beer there. They have, and then this whole new category of seltzers, right? Where, you know, you don't have to go to the LCBO to get, to get that product. You can also go to the beer store. Yeah. So it's educating the consumer a little bit about the, the people out there. It's like, Hey, I didn't go to the beer store very often at all before we launched Bangarang. So we went because LCBO is close and my wife drinks wine and you get wine and you can get better, good selection of craft beer, pick from the shelf, a little yeah. pick and choose. Whereas beer stores sometimes are behind the, behind the, uh, it's behind there, but they've got all the same great product there because local breweries can put their beers in the beer store for free. It's just, you know, you'd want to, it's not, it's Often it's not the greatest shopping experience because you can't see it right yeah. in front of your face. Like the other ones you have to order it. Yeah, yeah. They have the, the digital screens mm-hmm. and stuff too. So I mean, and that's that's getting a lot better as well. And they're getting a lot better at telling telling people about it. So um, you know, good good folks over there at the beer store, and then also the the liquor retail stores as well. So the small town uh, liquor convenience stores, uh, uh, we've been able to get into uh, a decent number of those as well. So. In terms of the market, it's small. It's going to grow, and as equals, you know, we are we, we want to support the growth too because we think we've got a good, you know, a, a good product and a good brand to, to to stay there and help other people along the way as well. I love it. I love it. Patty is asking, can I find Bangarang here in Quebec? Not yet. Not yet. I'd love. Uh, if if anyone if anyone wants to uh, give me a call uh, and talk about. Uh, Getting Bangarang into Quebec, it would be uh, it'd be fantastic because I know there's some issues getting across the border with with different production, different licensing, the whole thing, yeah. sort of thing. Um, but the, I mean, the good thing in Quebec, vodka sodas, their SAQ, but these malt-based beverages could get into Ooh. all of all of convenience. And yeah. from what I've heard, it's not it, the seltzer market or the low sugar seltzer market product like this hasn't taken off in Quebec the way it has in Ontario. Not even close. I couldn't even tell you one local one, Patty. If you're still there, like uh, if there's anything local, but I would imagine it could get into the specialty beer stores. So I'm, my understanding is there's like five thousand uh, different points of sale for craft yeah, beer in Quebec yeah, yeah. because all the depths, all the gas station, the gas stations don't typically sell craft, but like there's every sort of like the depreneurs can. And most mm-hmm. of them tend to, and now there's like, but there's also the specialty beer stores. Patty's actually saying 
uh, I can contract for you at her new facility. There you go. So you she, go. Could, she you could, might be worth having a chat just to see what's going on. But um, yeah, I feel like there might be a, there must be a way for you to do it. I think it's we're getting a few more. We've got Collective Arts here now. We've got Bench here now. I think they they distribute through Transbrew, who are owned by Oshlag and the Glutenberg company. So Glutenberg owned Oshlag. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, great guys over there. You know the dudes, yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's probably the main way I've seen out of province breweries. Yep. We've got like Two Crows from Halifax. We've got um, a Trailway from New Brunswick nice. in Quebec now. And prior to, I'm talking like in the last year, we had nothing but um, the only one was Bose. Bose were maybe four years ago, something like that, maybe longer. But yeah, yeah. before Bose, literally nothing here except macro beers and Quebec. And then now we're starting to get a few more. So, I'm but the sure beers in Quebec, you say in the last little bit, it's just been. Dude, like, honestly, I'm gonna and I would now. I've said this to people. I'll say it publicly too. Like Quebec is my favorite place for beer in Canada now. And, but I would never have said that. I was super critical of Quebec because I felt like they were always great with what you were drinking earlier that you showed me, like the farmhouse, the barrel aged stouts, all of that shit. And then all of a sudden, everything just is almost like all at once. Now there's like a he- half a dozen at least incredible uh, new England, like breweries that do haze and. Uh, smoothie sours and like um dry hop lagers and stuff all of a sudden all the things that were missing here the gaps being filled even like you know hazy now that patty has control over hazy like their beer is it's phenomenal so and the shit that they're pumping out like it's it's very cool here and i found like it's more eclectic than it ever was and that's maybe it's more of like oh there wasn't that before and now there is i'm like yo this is crazy whereas ontario was always top notch ontario was always my favorite and now I feel like Quebec has everything that I need was before I had to get it from Ontario because I just couldn't get it here. Um, and it's very nice to see, you know, now that I'm stuck, the one thing we're missing here is uh, online ordering, unfortunately. So that's still that online. The only place you can order from specialty beer stores if they've set up a website and they're able to do it because they have a grocery license which allows them to ship. But the breweries themselves can't do it. They're, they're not allowed to do that's, that. Uh, that's amazing. Just with COVID, there hasn't been a, a like, like Ontario government was pretty good about relaxing some of the laws to like help, help people out. There's still some goofy ones like contract brewers can't, can't ship. Yes. Can't clear, me about that. Some weird retail stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there's a, with re- just a lot of things like allowing restaurants to sell liquor. Did they allow that there in, Montreal, in Quebec? You, no. So you, you couldn't go take out and get a bottle of wine? Not really? aware of. No, I think sometimes, but I think – do we ever see that? I think we did see that one time, like a takeout restaurant that allowed to order a bottle of wine. Yeah, one time, but it's not like – It's happening here. I know it's like St. Louis it is, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but and not Uber, in the same volume. Uber was doing Uber it. Eats, right? Yeah, Uber Eats was doing but it. I know like in, say, Ontario, like something like uh, St. Louis, the, the chicken spot, mm-hmm. um, you can order a bottle of Jack Daniels with – Wings and fries, or something like yeah, that. Ours is like, wine. Ours is wine. I don't think you can get like like liquor like that, or even cans of beer. Right. Um, they're not. It's not quite the same. I know BC, you can similar to Ontario, mm-hmm. but here they're just they're archaic, and everybody here knows that, and it's ridiculous. Like they're only allowed. I think growlers were only legalized a couple of years ago, and cool ships recently too. So everything is real slow and I'm just really I thought COVID like uh, I don't know if you you know Brasserie du Bas Canada in um, Gatineau they had a, a beer no sure they make sort of they were like the OGs of Hayes out here 
and yeah. they were um, they were uh, they made a full can of beer, and the whole can was a letter to the government. Like there was no artwork; it was just like a letter printed, like basically why they need to let breweries ship beer directly. Uh, Patty is saying you can ship beer if it's with food here, so. That would come down to if they offer it. We use Uber Eats. I haven't seen beer being available on Uber Eats. So say if you're a brewery and you offer food in your own Uber Eats or Skip the Dishes or one of those apps, I haven't seen any, anybody offer anything like that yet. So it's just not the yeah. same. Ontario definitely makes it easier, and I find that Quebec definitely makes it a lot harder in that sense, whereas like – you guys have got the more tightness on the end, on the retail end, whereas we have the specialty beer stores everywhere. If I wanted to open a beer specialty beer store, I could find a retail space, get a license, and boom, I can I'm a specialty beer store. Really? Yeah, easily. There's a bunch in even so, our area now. So Yeah, yeah, cool. It's definitely changing. So uh, I I'd love to get your uh uh, get your contact info after because my lead brewer pride he's going to Kelowna and then he's doing like a month trip and he's going out to Quebec. So oh, I'll give him stop at, at breweries along the way. So I'll give him whatever uh, he needs in BC and out here. Yeah, I'm more than happy even putting in touch with any of the contacts out here and stuff. There's there's some great shit happening and I love seeing nothing more. I love seeing than the the interprovincial collaborations and people like connecting. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful thing to me. So. Yeah, man. yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, you hope the time. It's like it's not the time to always be be traveling around. But, uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, if you can do it safely, and you're outside the major cities, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, so I mean, that's the that's the three, right? So you like the, you know, yes. you like mango a little better than blue ras. So only only just. It's probably mango because it was. That's what my friend, like Scott, who was my old co-host, he said that was his fave, and I can see why. I think that's probably. It's just the brightest, most fruit-forward one. The blue raspberry was not what I thought it was, and I re- I liked it more than I thought I would. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it would be more candy, but it's like super authentic. And the lemon lime is solid. Least favorite because it's the least exciting. Lemon lime is like you said before; it's everywhere. Um, pedestrian. <laughs> yeah, but not in like a like oh it's shit. It's far from that. But it's like these are definitely what I would prefer as far as flavor profile. Yeah. Um I think what, that, let's see, what would you see next? Like you say, oh man, you should do a ooh, flavor. Okay. All right. That's a that's a great question. All right. Um so okay, so you mentioned black cherry, you got raspberry. I like mixing of fruit, so that I like the idea of lemon lime as far as the blend of fruits, um, strawberry kiwi, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, uh, some sort of, um, you can add vanilla to these. Is that possible? Yeah, I think so. So if you had like orange and vanilla creamsicle type of vibe, uh, mm-hmm. I like that. Cause we did a collab. We did a creamsicle sour collab with Les Fast Public out here, which we've been doing the last couple of years. And that's a, a sour beer with uh, vanilla, um, uh, a marmalade, and lactose. So it's like a cool nice. creamsicle. But I feel like if you did it in this, you did obviously you don't need the lactose or anything else. You just have a similar mouthfeel to the lemon lime with mm-hmm, vanilla and orange. Um, I feel like what's that? A cool flavor combo. Yeah, strawberry kiwi is is standing out to me. Um, 
I love the creamsicle idea. Yeah. I, to, I like I used to crush creamsicles when I was a as a little a wee lad. Yeah. <laughs> and and like they uh, well. Railway City, they've got a nice uh, like a, it's called creamsicle, and they have uh, some orange, orange in that. It's uh, really nice, uh, really nice beer too. I think another good one would be just peach, straight up peach. Mm. Um, anything with blackberry, you get whether it's straight blackberry, blackberry raspberry. Um, I like black currant. Black currant's a good mixer for a lot of um, ones where it could be a nice combo. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to pitch a sour beer. Have, have like. you ever had cucumber water? I've not. I've had cucumber gozes. Do you okay. know what, a great combo is cucumber lime. Mm. Cucumber lime is lit. I love that shit. Some people don't like it at all, but I love cucumber gozes. It just works with the salt. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how it would go in something like this. I feel like if you mixed it with the lime to give it that citrus backbone, it could be uh, it could be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is fire? I'm trying to think of other. Food. Uh, so who's who's McKellar's brother down in uh, um, New York? Evil Twin is that it? Oh yeah 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 um, yeah yeah, yeah uh, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's got some seltzers, and uh, I think his seltzers he's got some color as well incorporated uh, into it. I don't know how he's achieving the color. If it's like you know, I think I saw like a blue and a green and a, and a red one, like pretty wild color. So it'd be cool if he's achieving those colors using something you know pretty unique. Uh, I know like uh, I know somebody that uses some beet juice to get a really cool, amazing red color out of their out of one of their flagship beers. No, I know other brewers that do that, like full beet beers, and they're uh, they're crazy if you're into that stuff. Uh, or you can use it just as coloring. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that's kind of like crazy, I feel like it's almost like try to recreate, like peaches and cream just hit me. I know I said peach, but if you add peach and probably, then once again, then whatever you did to get the mouthfeel and lemon lime with a bit of vanilla or something, make it yeah. just like a pie, like a, a peaches and cream pie. Something that almost like, like you said, the, the nostalgia that comes with like the blue raspberry that you said which even though I'm not from the same place and I had a nostalgic reaction to it as well. And like, I was like, yeah, that was, if I'm, that was by far the one I was most excited to try mm-hmm. because I was like, what, what is this going to taste like? How's no, this gonna cool. I feel like there's like, like you said, there's damn near like unlimited options with this stuff. And I think when people try to, the coolest shit is if you try to recreate something like it's probably too late now, but say like it's hot, you know, full pumpkin, is there a pumpkin spice salsa? I'm I'm basic as fuck. I love pumpkin spice everything. So if you could do a pumpkin spice salsa, whatever that would be, that could be lit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's uh, the the seasonal aspect of it is it's a it's one that's tough, right? Where you're like, oh, you know, how much are you? Especially a brand new product where you're like, yeah, that's exciting. And if you do one off. Yeah, so you know, we're really trying to introduce everybody to to these three flavors, and you know, we're gonna have a bunch of flavors lined up. Um, to come out after because I think people want variety. For us, it's about how do we balance that with telling people about what we have now. And then it's like, boom, another one, boom, another one. It's like, see that in the spring where we have more flavors to to really complement everything. (laughs) Maybe even even before, but uh, but we've got lots in the hopper and uh, some really interesting ones uh, that could could, uh, turn out great. No, it's no, going to turn out great, you know, no, based on this. this uh, if this, this is any indication of the quality of what you're doing, uh, I have no doubt. It's mm-hmm. it's sick. Um, and I'm uh, kind of just upset that I can't get them here as much. So it's, uh, it's very cool that, you know, you guys are doing some great shit and it's local 
and you're going big, but it's local and it's independent and it's up there and you're competing with uh, you know, all the other companies that you said that you're up against in the beer store are all you know, essentially macro owned. So you guys are independent and I want people to know that you guys are you know, an independent brewery who have crafted this. This is like craft seltzer really at the end of the day uh, with dope branding and you know, a great, uh, you know, it's cool the story because you kept everything, like you said, I think that's really noble that you're like, yo, I don't want to let anybody go or have to furlough anyone or whatever. Like this is going to keep the ship running. And I think that's a beautiful thing, man. And um, well done. I think it's fantastic. Thanks. And I, you know, it's really nice to come on here. It's, uh, you know, a new, new experience for me, just, uh, just coming on and getting to, you know, meet people one-on-one like this and this uh, to really just tell people about and tell you about what we're doing and, and what we're all about. It's, uh, it's not fancy. Right. And like, as we're going through the tasting notes, it's, it's like, we like we taste it for for the experience, and yeah. we really haven't even went through that like refined tasting. It's no, it's really it's a, high level. an experience of you get you get done you you have a, a heavy beer and you can go to a seltzer. You're you're it's a hot day out and you want a, a drink, but you're not looking for something really heavy. You just want a something that's more like a carbonated water and a flavored yeah. flavored water. Um, this is something that's there that can kind of meet that need where you don't want to have. 200 calories or 220 calories or 12 grams of sugar, you can, you can kind of, you know, like I say, just, just enjoy one of these. And, uh, yeah, we'd love to be in Quebec. Um, you know, we think we have a, a strong product and we think, um, you know, maybe more, more and more people will, will switch to the, to the lower sugar and, you know, embrace, embrace seltzers in Quebec or maybe, maybe not, but, uh, we, we'd love to, uh, to get out there. We're hoping to be in, uh, New Brunswick uh, in October, so they have some nice. uh, calls. We're going out to Manitoba soon, uh, and Alberta would be another place where we're looking to to kind of get uh, get a product out out, uh, out into U.S. Like I said, is a t- like the the competition is if so wild. many people already doing seltzers there, so it's it's not a real uh, a real focus for us because wow. it's uh, I, I think it's pretty pretty full <laughs> right now. I feel like if you establish that uh, you know dominance as the first sort of big independent craft seltzer in Canada, I feel mm-hmm. like the world is your oyster at that point. Um, yeah. you know, you never know what could happen. Being that, like I said, like this is if other breweries are doing like little one-offs and little things, I think that's dope. But if you guys are trying to like set the trend, like now we're going hard. This is our product. This is independent. <laughs> I don't know. There's something that that speaks to that that you're actually helping craft a market like you said like you're opening the doors for other people to be able to jump into it because really that's what it comes down to for the market to grow it can't just be you it's and that's a beautiful slash weird thing about this industry is that it depends on the competitors for it to be a thing mm-hmm. so like it's kind of cool that you're sort of like trailblazing there's not many things you can trailblaze on these days there's not many new beer styles since like brute ipas or some shit was probably the latest last one and right. this is something else that's a new thing. And if you're, you know, that's why I was, once again, I didn't know anything local. Maybe I'll look out for it more harder now after experiencing and talking to you. But <laughs> man, there's, there's a lot of possibilities. You never know where it can go. You never know. Yeah. yeah and we're, uh, yeah, I mean, we're excited. We think it's, we think it'll be here to stay uh, in one way or another. Um, you know, let me say the retail environment in, in Ontario is, uh, you know, can be challenging and, there's, there's a ton of competition. We just believe if you put a good product out there and people like it, um, you know, they'll find a way to, to support you. And uh, thankfully, we've found a lot of support mm-hmm. so far. And, 
the people have, the people are are liking it. So we're going to keep making it, and hopefully we can get it in front of them some one way or another. So I love it. Uh, no, it's been a, it's been a great uh, great experience so far, and um, it really been an awesome experience just getting them to know you a little exactly. bit as well. Yeah, great combo. I love it when this happens. You just got got a vibe, got a good energy from the jump. It's uh, you know particularly if I don't know somebody and we're we're, we're trying to connect over. Yeah, yeah. In the internet, it's not as, as easy as it would be if we we're like in person and hanging out and stuff. But yeah, I no, it's awkward all the time. It's, it's, it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it. Speaking of awkward, we're gonna take the uh, thumbnail. I want to do that while we're online because it looks better. So I'm gonna hold these bad boys up. I'm gonna take a, a screenshot. Here we go, this way. So I'm gonna go over here. I'm gonna go command thingo. Oh shit. Look at that. All right, there you go. Oh, can you spin that, Tiff? So it's like says bang ring. Which one? Ah, the green one. The green one. There you go. Oh, you actually want the. Yeah, that's fine. Just hold up a can. I'm just gonna get the get the fill a little bit close to your face. There you go. Ready? One, two. There you go. Oh. <laughs> Did that work? Let me see how pretty that is. Love it. All right. So, uh, Justin, where can everybody find Bangarang online? Online, hit us up at drinkbangarang.com or shop.drinkbangarang.com. So you can get uh, – I never talked about kegs. You know you can get kegs of hard seltzer. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you can't drink, you can't get kegs of vodka soda, you can get kegs of, of hard seltzer. So, so, you know, you know um, once, once, uh, once those restaurants, I mean, we have a lot of great support from, from, from restaurants, restaurants, but we can actually sell kegs as well uh, to, to the public. public. But we, uh, so you can get kegs online if you want to go on a big, big, or you can just order online. You can get our singles of each of the flavors, or you can get the mixed back online as well. And we also have some stacks as well. As well. Too. So we're just, so just getting, getting uh, set, up set up to ship, ship across, across the province. The province. Right, now right now we're just doing, doing local deliveries, deliveries in London. London. And, and uh, yeah, yeah uh, things have been going, going well online. online. And, then and then you can get us in, in your stores, stores in Ontario. Ontario. And hopefully, and hopefully soon, soon uh, in Quebec, Quebec Brunswick, Manitoba, Calgary. And now we'll... One step, One step at a time. time. That's it. Canadian dominations coming. I love it. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to end the podcast. Stick around afterwards and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for uh, everything. Guys, if you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell so you know when the new drops. Follow us on social media at BAOS Podcast. And check out the long form audio so you can hear legends like Justin talk about craft beer, but all things on the you know on the side of craft beer there um we'll be back every friday 8 p.m eastern until further notice um check us out mate we're on spotify we're on apple podcast shoot us a review and a rating if you mess with what we're doing um we're trying to keep this content coming trying to talk to great people and showcase great products and great businesses so uh, appreciate you guys coming in patty love you appreciate you uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode peace